because we need to grasp and understand how grace fits within this big picture because that is the only way we can really, with reverence, serve God. If we're hung up on needing to earn grace, if we're stuck in the trap of the law, we really can't live the love with others that God wants us to do. We have to fully grasp the significance of his plan of reconciling us and bringing us back through freely given grace. Because without grasping that, without grasping the depth of that, I can't give it to you. I can't love my enemies without understanding that, that God loved me when I was his enemy. And so grasping that, I, I went back and I dug into it a little bit more looking at this eternal plan. Um, and last week when I talked about the transfiguration, that that um, was a chance for the disciples to glimpse uh, the, the fullness of Christ in, in his pure form uh, and that that sharing of that by them was a demonstration then of how we're to pass on the word of God uh, person to person. I said, why didn't God just put that demonstration out there for everybody? And the reality is he did by sharing it with the three so that they could share it with everybody. Uh, and demonstrating the economy of God's kingdom is that it is personal. It, it, it calls for us to live that and, and to share it, but we couldn't, they couldn't, until they got that grasp of, of, the, of the eternal truth. And that's why we go through uh, these um, seasons. I, ben knows I wrestle a lot, and I have wrestled a lot with following a lectionary. Uh, I, I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> Uh, but what I've come to really realize is I really do enjoy it. I, I enjoy being told what to study because it does force me uh, to get in and try to find the truth that God wants me to share. And this week, what was interesting is it took me on a, a little bit of a tour through Scripture. And so what I want to do is take you through that tour and let the Word speak to you uh, by reading some passages uh, and um, that, that, that kind of take this path and show it. Uh, and so hopefully you will see it and it will fit together for you the same way it did uh, for me. But I want to start in the beginning. So I'm going to start with the book of Genesis. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to start with passage uh, from Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. Because we've had the fall of mankind... And we are, uh, me. so we've had the fall and we, we're, we've had God giving out the law <coughs> or the process. He, he meets with Abram, who we come to know as Abraham. And the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household Excuse me. To the land I will show you. 
I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now, a lot of people in the time were putting that down as something that would be physically true uh, on this earth uh, and that uh, they would see that. And, and, and for a lot of reasons, uh, being focused on the temporal, being focused on the things of this world, um, we tend to sometimes miss the real depth of what God is speaking uh, to us. But with that promise, all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. We then um, move along to a psalm that spoke to me that I mentioned previously that uh, one of the songs that um, Tom led uh, spoke to me, but that's Psalm 130. Uh, here we hear the proper hope that's placed in God's forgiveness and assurance of redemption and deliverance through God. Let me read it. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. I mean, that, is, that was just so powerful to me. Uh, just as I read that, and you will see that I've actually used this to pattern my closing prayer today because it spoke so strongly to me. Uh, but what, what's really important is the psalmist was drawing the connection between being forgiven and appreciating that forgiveness with the ability to live the life we were supposed to live. <coughs> this is a key point when we're expanding, expanding or examining this topic today. Without a full understanding of the story of salvation and the significance of it in God's eternal plan, I can't live daily the way I need to. That's that closer walk with Jesus that um, we are seeking when we sing that song. It's not just a song. The, the person who wrote that song, just like the person who wrote the psalm, the psalmist, uh, we're understanding the importance of that closer walk. That as I come to know the true love of God that's evidenced through this, it's then that I can actually walk closer. Uh, but if, I, if I'm going through religious check marks and I'm, I'm just doing things because I'm told to do them and I'm not really seeking to come to understand the depth of God's love evidenced through his actions, then I can't live it with you. Because frankly, you're a pain in the rear end. <laughs> yeah. The reality is, people can be difficult. And it's difficult to love them. 
unless I come to understand how difficult I am and how little I deserve God's love, and yet he evidenced it for me in this way. And when I understand that purpose of, of, of this, this eternal plan, God knew that he had to demonstrate it to us. And that's what we're looking as we, as we this time of uh, turning uh, in, in, in Lent, focusing on turning, in order to do that turning in a way that really makes our lives live the way God wants it to, we have to focus upon why God did it in this way. You know, it, it, it's easy enough to, when I say this, to simply say, Jesus Christ died for our sins. But it's more than that. It was the expression of love. The expression of forgiveness undeserved. That was our message that we're to grasp. Because it is way too often that we try to make other people earn it. I, I, it's so often that we, I'll hear people say, well, they're going to have to earn my forgiveness. And I go, well, I'm so happy God doesn't think that way. <laughs> uh, because if he did, I'm lost. But, but, and so the psalmist uh, was making it clear that because it's with God, there's forgiveness. It's only through that that with reverence I can serve him. Uh, and it's only when I, when I grasp that. And now I want to move on to um, how that fits in now in the gospel. And I'm, I'm, I'm jumping to John 3, 1 through 21. In this gospel, Jesus revealed the truth of the eternal plan of salvation to Nicodemus, a religious leader who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he was explaining the importance of his death and resurrection. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. <clears throat> Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I want to stop right there. What's really interesting is it says the darkness has not overcome it. And yet they crucified him. But scripture's clear, and we know that that wasn't the end uh, going on. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor human decisions or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory for, of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace. The next line brings this uh, together with the psalmist. 
John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in the place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What, what, what they're saying is the law was given, and that was, a, that was a grace, the law being given. But it wasn't going to bring us where we needed to. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The significance is that from the beginning, everything explaining the law came through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus. So what we have to see is that the law was a time period. It was all part of this eternal plan of guiding us to where we needed to be. Uh, and it wasn't the answer. In fact, it was a way of revealing to us the need for the answer. The law revealed to us that we can't do it. That's that, that the purpose of the law was to open up to let us see. And in Romans, the Apostle Paul discusses this transition in Romans 3, 19 through 26. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced. Now what does he mean by every mouth may be silenced? What the law revealed to us is, I have no right to boast. The law revealed to me, I can't do it. The law reveals to me that I am a sinner. It reveals that to me. It should reveal that to us. And it should reveal that I've got no right to judge anyone else. There's no reason to boast. So when, when Paul says it, so that every mouth may be silenced, it's basically saying, shut up about making people be good. <laughs> good enough. Because you're not good enough. So every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the laws and the prophets testify. The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Paul is just pulling this together and making this point. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood, to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So what you know, Paul is, is pulling together this picture to explain why the Easter story is necessary for us and why it's important for us to grasp that. That the law was there to reveal that all are sinners and it's reveal, it was there to let us know that, but God wasn't going to leave us there. He wasn't going to leave us in that hopeless position that we can't do it. 
and, and, and he knew that. It wasn't, again, like this was just something that God worked out over time. If we read scripture, we need to understand that entire picture was God guiding us to his kingdom and saying, I didn't set up rules just so I could block you. you know, that's not my love. If, if you're viewing it that way, then you're not grasping my love. And you're leaving yourself in a prison. But he's freeing us from that. And that's what this is. This verse makes it clear the law was never expected to lead to righteousness. Its purpose was to demonstrate everyone sins and falls short so nobody can boast. That is the significance of the statement so that every mouth may be silenced. It brings us back to that psalmist who said, with God there is forgiveness so that we can now with reverence serve God. I can't do it because of my goodness. I can't do it because the law guides me through it. But I can do it because I can love and I can forgive. I can do those things only if I grasp them that God has done it for me. When I see you and you offend me in some way, it's not in me to forgive you. Except it is in me now because of the love of God through Christ on the cross and the resurrection. That powers me. That's this time of Lent we need to focus upon is not doing some religious act, which, again, I'm not critical of it. If, if it helps draw you through uh, close to God and, and going uh, to Ash Wednesday and having ashes put on your forehead, help you focus upon this, then that's okay. If it helps you focus upon what this, this love of God is evidenced in. But if it's just saying, I'm checking this off, then, then, then it's actually being detrimental. If you think it's a practice you have to do, then you need to use it to try to help grasp that I've been freed of that. Understanding the freedom <coughs> allows me to live in a way that I can give grace unconditionally to others. Uh, that is the purpose of Lent, is that to turn from the ways of the world that would easily teach us that you can't forgive people who are bad to you, otherwise they'll keep being bad to you. You know, that's a world teaching, uh, that people have to uh, ask you for their forgiveness. They've got to earn their forgiveness. Uh, but God has demonstrated to us, no, that's not the way we do it. But I can't do that unless I grasp that that's what God has taught for me and how he's let me. And so um, it, it, I'd encourage you. I actually went back and I listened uh, to Ben's teaching uh, from two weeks ago. And then I listened to mine from last week. Uh, and then, and then uh, listened to this one. Rehear re, re, re them. Uh, and play them through and then read the scriptures yourself and let God guide you through this process. During this time of Easter season, that's what we're called for. We're called to tap into knowing the love and grace 
Um, the song that uh, Tom sang, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, that's the kingdom of God. Uh, grasping those things. We, we don't do these songs just for entertainment. The writers of these songs are speaking, uh, and we repeat those. I've had a stupid earworm in my head of um, achy, breaky heart. I don't, I've never liked the song. I don't like the song, and that song has been in my head for the last several days. Uh, I'm hoping, I came here today hoping Tom was going to play a song. Well, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> that would be an earworm for me to replace that. I mean, I love, I love it when a, when, when a song on Sunday is what plays through my head uh, all week long. And so I'll, I'll be happy with righteousness, peace, joy. Holy Ghost, that's the kingdom of God because it's upbeat. It's, it gets me feeling good, but I'd also be just a closer walk with thee. I mean, uh, I'd be totally good with those. I just don't want achy, breaky heart. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing I, I, I encourage us is, is to do that. Um, I, I actually think it's a great practice to uh, take a song that has spoken to you and, and actually try to make it an earworm in your mind during the week uh, because it will remind you of what we're doing and what we're talking about. Uh, and so if you're singing righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, and then if you're doing this and walking through the store, maybe somebody will ask you, what are you doing? And then it will open the door for you to talk to them about it. Uh, uh, but if nothing else, it will give you that. If, you, if it made you feel upbeat here today, it will make you feel upbeat during the week because the gospel of God will lift you up. It will not tear you down. We should be upbeat. This world wants us to be down, but we should not be. And that's, that's living within the kingdom. Uh, we know we are not there yet. This world is not our home, but we are invited. And we are <coughs> Jesus in the prayer he taught taught us to pray, to live here uh, as it will be in the kingdom. Uh, and we can do that, but we can only do it when we immerse ourselves in God's grace. It is not easy love to say, I'm forgiven. I've had people tell me, Jack, you're your faith is too easy because I know I'm forgiven and I don't beat myself up very much. Uh, I, if, I, if I screw up, I'm really quick to forgive myself. <laughs> uh, but I do it not because I deserve that. I do it because God did it. He forgives me. He doesn't want me living in my failures. He invites me to live in his victory. Uh, and, and that's, that's the Easter story, is he says, I've empowered you. Now go out and do it. Live it. Don't live in your failures. I've taken care of those. Live in the victory. That's the Easter story. Now, if you join me in the, in the prayer based upon that psalm, uh, hopefully, as you say these words, Paper. Uh, you have it? 
Heavenly Father, knowing the truth of my life and how I have fallen short, I cry to you, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with, you, with reverence, serve you. I wait for you. My whole being waits. And in your word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. I pray everyone comes to put their hope in you, for with you is unfailing love, and with you is full redemption. You have redeemed your people from all our sins. I praise your name. Amen. 